Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and today we have a very special guest, Dr. Christine Schaffner, and we're going to be talking about how to detox that brain, how to drain your brain. A lot of people are suffering from brain fog. A lot of people out there have trouble having conversations. You know who you are. I used to be that person too <laughs> seven years ago. Little trouble forming sentences. And a lot of you are very, very tired and want to have mental clarity. And there's a lot of things standing in the way of that that we're going to be talking about today. Why your brain is full of toxins, mercury, aluminum, uh, glyphosate, and other chemicals, and what stands the way of your brain draining, and what you can do to detox your brain. Talk about supplements, and all, we talk about synthetic chelators and, and natural chelators that help remove metals and toxins from your brain and your body. Very, very interesting conversation. This one is super juicy, full of lots of great details. But before we have our little conversation, we have to keep in mind that this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, so please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in anything that we suggest today on the show. I am so thrilled to mention my new book coming out on Amazon. It's available right now for pre-order. It publishes April 29th, 2017. So go get it right now, hot off the press. It is called Limitless Energy, How to Detox the Toxic Metals to End Exhaustion and Chronic Fatigue. I know so many of you also are very tired of being tired. I've been there myself, exhausted overweight, brain fogged, and angry about it. <laughs> and so in this book, I talk about all the different metals that cause fatigue, how they cause fatigue, and how to detox them from your body so that you can have and enjoy the energy that your body is capable of making. So you can stop living off caffeine and stimulants like so many people are doing. I've been guilty of it myself, just desperate for energy and willing to take do and take whatever you need to get that energy and get through your day and take care of your family and get to work and perform. And unfortunately, these stimulants we're all taking leave us more depleted. And eventually, you know, over the course of many years, we develop adrenal fatigue or even uh, chronic fatigue syndrome and other problems, reduced immunity, poor sleep, has dramatic consequences on our, on our health. So I want to help you get off that stimulant roller coaster and get your body making energy on its own. So that's my goal with my book, Limitless Energy. Our guest today is Dr. Christine Schaffner. She's a forerunner in naturopathic care within the beauty and health industries. She's a board certified naturopathic physician who graduated from Bastyr University in Seattle, Washington. She completed her undergraduate studies in pre-medicine and psychology at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, Virginia. Dr. Schaffner is a passionate advocate for naturopathic medicine as a way of life, a medium for connecting every facet and function of the body 
to one another for greater overall health. Her expertise is in organic ingredients and therapies, and uh, she's informed her work in skincare within a diverse range of areas, including oncology aesthetics. Dr. Schaffner draws on both naturopathic and conventional therapies to develop individualized treatment plans that truly optimize a patient's success in feeling and looking their best. Um, Her work continues to evolve as she collaborates with deeply influential naturopaths, which she then delivers to Bella Fiore patients. Outside of her work with Bella Fiore, Dr. Schaffner works closely with the world famous, the one and only Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, MD, PhD. He's a pioneer in the treatment of chronic illness at the Sophia Health Institute in Woodenville, Washington. Dr. Schaffner is a true gem in the field of naturopathic medicine and beauty and wellness. Patients come from across the country to experience her treatments, as well as the luxurious services of her renowned staff of naturopathic trained estheticians. You can learn more about Dr. Schaffner at drchristineschaffner.com. Christine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Wendy. I'm so honored to be here. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and how you ended up becoming a naturopathic doctor? Absolutely. Um, So I grew up, actually, my father is a medical doctor. He's an oncologist, and my mother has a nursing background, and I grew up on the East Coast outside of D.C., um, but I was always around medicine. So, you know, I joke my, I think they say my, one of my brother's first words was chemotherapy, unfortunately, (laughs) but, you know, but I, I grew up in that environment. And then, um, you know, as I got closer to the time when I was really considering whether or not to go to medical school or naturopathic school, I learned about Bastyr. Um, and Bastyr University is a naturopathic university in Seattle, Washington. They, um, there's only a handful actually of universities that train MDs in our country, Um, There's a school in Seattle, Portland, Arizona, uh, one in Connecticut, and then one um, also in Chicago. And so um, it's a really small profession, um, but I took a leap of faith and I, um, you know, went to Bastyr and I was really, really um, drawn to more of that holistic, you know, mind, body, spirit go into the root cause of illness. You know, my, um, you know, the conventional medicine that I grew up around where I saw it served a purpose, I, I did see its limits and I did see some of the frustrations that my father encountered as a medical doctor. And so, um, so yeah, I took a leap and went to Bastyr and I've been really, really, um, blessed and fortunate ever since I graduated Bastyr in 2010, Um, I've had the privilege and honor to work with my mentor, Dr. Dietrich Klinghart. And so over the last seven years, I have really had um, a wealth of learning. We, we, I started off seeing the toughest patients, right? Uh, we have, um, just with Dr. Klinghart, he's been in practice for about 43 years now, and he really has honed a niche on seeing people who are really chronically ill, have seen many, many doctors, um, tried a lot of different approaches, been sick, unfortunately, for decades. So we're, we're thinking outside the box um, all the time. And then, you know, during um, my training with him, we had the opportunity to create a clinic together called Sophia Health Institute. And that is outside of Seattle, Washington. Um, and we have been um, in this configuration for about five years. And it's been 
um, a wonderful learning opportunity, and it's just a really unique and innovative environment where not only does Dr. Klingert see patients there, but we have a team. So we have a team of NDs, and then we do IV therapy. Um, we have a detoxification spa, so we have two types of colon hydrotherapy, ionic foot baths, infrared sauna, um, ozone steam sauna, lymph drainage, acupuncture, rolfing, you know, you name it. We, we try to have a very comprehensive approach for patients to experience um, not only thorough assessment, but get a great um, experience with treatment and go home with a treatment protocol. And then we try to replicate in their home um, community um, some of the uh, treatments that really work for them in the office, um, you know, so they can really incorporate them um, into their protocol and their lifestyle so they can get better. So on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about how to detox the brain and specifically the glymphatic system in the brain. And a lot of people want better brain functioning. I know I do. Everyone wants it. Everyone wants better. Some people are just trying to have a conversation with another human being and sound halfway intelligent. Other people just want uh, really uh, speedy brain functioning and be able to, uh, you know, have a very high functioning memory. We're all looking for that next level. And unfortunately, due to our toxic environment, we have a lot of metals and chemicals in our brain. And Dr. Schaefer is going to be talking to us today about how to do just that. So what is the glymphatic system and what is its role in detoxing the brain? Well, it's a great, you know, system to know about. As we know, Wendy, um, like many patients, we have people who suffer from brain fog, depression, anxiety, neurological illness, um, and so our brain health is really, really critical. And there's been a rise, as you know, in um, increased neurological illnesses and just chronic illness in general. And you know, just before I even share what the glymphatic system is, I know that you educate a lot your audience about what we're up against, right? All the environmental toxicity. And when we think about the brain, we know um, a few really important things to be aware of. Um, one is mercury. Um, mercury has um, a huge effect on what we call astrocytes. So we know that it can damage neurons and lead to neurological illness. Um, aluminum um, also is another heavy metal that creates a lot of neurovascular inflammation. So it's going to inflame the blood vessels in the brain. Um, there are studies that link Alzheimer's directly to aluminum in the brain. There's also glyphosate, and I know that um, the awareness has increased dramatically over the last few years around glyphosate. Glyphosate is the active ingredient in Roundup, and it has um, a synergistic effect, actually, with aluminum. One of our friends, Dr. Senef, um, wrote a great paper on how aluminum plus glyphosate actually damages the pineal gland, and it has also a couple different um, mechanisms where it decreases melatonin in the brain. And so that's something to be very aware of, and um, we evaluate all of our patients for glyphosate. And even if you have a pristine diet, we deal, we still find that um, there are exposures to glyphosate. So it's just something that is ubiquitous in our environment, unfortunately. Um, and then EMF, you know, EMF is something that um, you know, I know a lot of your listeners are aware of, but electromagnetic fields, um, Dr. Klingert, this is one of his most passionate topics to talk about. And we, he often says that in his 43 years, the illnesses that we see today are not the illnesses he used to see. And so of course our environment is a huge factor for some of the things I just shared about. And then EMF is something, I think the iPhone is like 10 years old, right? I, I don't even know how old it is, but it, we've seen this kind of exponential increase in electromagnetic field exposure over the 
last, you know, decade and it keeps on increasing. Right. And we all have technology. I'm all, you know, um, I, I use it every day, but there's definitely hygiene that we can, um, use and to try to decrease our exposure because it can damage our DNA. There are showing studies, um, in Europe and, um, you know, even now in America, how EMF can, um, have a dramatic effect on our neurological health. Um, and then infections, you know, infections are the other thing to think about when we think of brain health and why we want to even detoxify the brain and to begin with. So in our paradigm, we think of any imbalance in the body as not only environmental toxicity, but also chronic infections and this chronic stress on the immune system. So we look at Lyme and co-infections, viruses, parasites, um, mold exposure can be another, you know, um, you know, damaging effect on the brain. Um, and so you know, we think about all of those things, you know, and that's really, you know, what um, our, our brain is up against these days. And so I think it's really important to know um, how do we recover our brain. And so the glymphatic system was actually recently discovered, I think, in about 2012. Why um, just um, was in uh, recent discoveries? Because um, you cannot examine this in a, um, a cadaver body. Um, you have to be alive and awake to be able to see the activity of the glymphatic system. And so it is our natural ability, um, our brain's natural ability to bring nutrients into the brain and take toxicity out. And so um, if your listeners want to learn more, um, there are great YouTubes or even um, really great visual diagrams to show. But essentially what happens is when we sleep, again, sleep is really, really important. The metabolic activity of our brain goes up about 10 times and our brain actually shrinks. The neurons actually, actually shrink about 60% to make room for this um, movement of cerebrospinal fluid through our brain. So it comes quickly along arteries and moves across brain tissue around what we call um, our, our neurons and then it's tightly controlled by astrocytes. Remember, astrocytes can be affected by mercury. And astrocytes are what we call a glial cell. That's why it's called gli uh, the glymphatic system. So glial-dependent lymphatic system. And so that um, cerebrospinal fluid moves across the um, brain tissue and then exit, exits along the veins. So it's, it has this sweeping motion that happens again at night. And one of the um, discoveries about this is that um, neurons naturally produce um, a, a protein called amyloid beta. Um, people might have heard of this. Um, they have connected um, high amounts of amyloid beta with Alzheimer's disease. And what we're finding is actually that um, as we age and if we don't sleep well, there's also um, if we've had a dramatic brain injury, if somehow our lymphatic system is damaged, this accumulates in a way that is not um, ideal and that can actually damage neurons over time. So that that's really one of the mechanisms that we're thinking of um, um, for Alzheimer's. So the glymphatic system is something that we should all be very aware of and think about it not only helping us detoxify our ongoing exposures, but per to prevent future neurological illness. So... Yes, I'm glad you said all that. That is so good. Yeah, it's so important to make these distinctions and, and talk about this because one of my number one complaints with people coming to me that are seeking to detox and tried all kinds of other things, not really working, not getting the results, meeting their health goals that they want, one of their main concerns is brain fog. And mm -hmm. that was one of my big concerns, too. And mm -hmm. toxins really explain mm -hmm. a lot. And mm -hmm. I love that extra distinction you made about the glymphatic system and mm -hmm. its role as well. And so something really um, 
<clears throat> was, you know, ring a bell for me in my mind when you talked about aluminum and mm -hmm. glyphosate mm -hmm. and how those can potentiate each other and cause mm -hmm. inflammation in the brain. And so those are in vaccines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, can you talk a little bit uh, about that? I mean, because I know in a lot Absolutely. of vaccines, it's not just regular aluminum. They've actually uh -huh. changed the formula to make uh -huh. it a much more like stronger aluminum, uh -huh. if you will, that does uh -huh. more damage to the brain. Uh -huh. And so they're doing that to elicit a response, an immunological response. Uh -huh. And they're finding there's need to make, you know, forms of aluminum that are stronger, so to speak. Can mm -hmm. you speak a little mm -hmm. bit about that? Absolutely. And, you know, I really appreciate the education that you're doing with your audience around um, vaccines. Um, it's, I feel like, a safer climate to talk about these days, but we see um, many, many vaccine-injured children in our practice, and it's something um, that's heartbreaking. And I think that um, there should be, again, more informed consent around really what we're exposing our children to. Um, in the paper that Dr. Seneff, um, you know, um, uses to describe this method. It's an interesting mechanism. And anybody um, who doesn't know Dr. Seneff, she has been a really pioneer of educating people about glyphosate. When we met her, I, I was, you know, I looked at Dr. Klingert and I said, all we have to say is we're treating glyphosate toxicity. There's a mechanism in the body for everything that we see go wrong with glyphosate. Um, glyphosate was first patented as an antibiotic. It has a huge effect on our microbiome. Um, and so what Stephanie is demonstrating with glyphosate and aluminum is that Again, glyphosate is making our um, intestinal um, lining um, more damaged. And so it's going to um, affect the lining of our digestive tract. It's going to um, increase the probability that we have dysbiosis in our, um, in our GI tract for a lot of different reasons. But as you probably know, a lot of children who have been um, affected by vaccines or have autism often have C. difficile or other types of anaerobic bacteria that can be producing different um, what we would call biotoxins. One biotoxin in particular she mentions is called P. Cressol, and that actually increases the intestinal permeability even more. And so what happens is that this aluminum that we ingest, so, you know, again, a vaccine is through um, the skin, um, which is even more dangerous, you know, than um, ingesting it um, orally. She really looks at that mechanism, the oral ingestion of aluminum or through the, um, the respiratory tract. But um, part of the reasons why vaccines are so injurious is because that we, a lot of our protective barriers and mechanisms are taken away from us and we get that direct exposure. Um, but going back to her mechanism for everyone to understand, so glyphosate again, you know, creating intestinal permeability, making it more likely that we have dysbiosis. And then aluminum can cross over that, you know, intestinal lining and get into our bloodstream. Also, glyphosate and aluminum actually are, um, can glyphosate chelates aluminum. So they actually uh, potentiate each other. And then she, um, through a series of different mechanisms, describes how aluminum and glyphosate actually um, affect, um, they, through the circulation, they um, get into the pineal gland and can affect the production of melatonin. Um, there's other mechanisms too that glyphosate can, um, you know, affect the production of melatonin and not only affects um, our cytochrome P450 system, which is our liver detox pathway, um, which has an impact on producing melatonin, um, but it also affects uh, tryptophan or um, serotonin synthesis that also produces melatonin. So there's many, the, the thing is fascinating with Stephanie is she's kind of gone down the rabbit hole. And the more that she goes down the rabbit hole, the more that she's finding around um, 
you know, all of the mechanisms, um, not only these agents alone, but together potentiate an effect. So I think it's a really um, important thing to be aware of. How can we reduce our exposure to aluminum and glyphosate and to be really make informed choices and think, um, you know, very carefully before you decide um, to inject yourself with these agents. So. Yeah, I had Dr. Stephanie Seneff on the podcast mm-hmm. talking about oh, glyphosate. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys want to listen to it, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I got a huge, mm-hmm. huge response. And people just mm-hmm. love that one. Because mm-hmm. it really drives home the point. There's the toxins that we, all of us have glyphosate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just sprayed on all the playgrounds. It's sprayed mm-hmm. on all the non-organic food. Mm-hmm. And even organic food has it as well. Some of it yeah. is contaminated. So, mm-hmm. so let's talk about um, how does sleep play a critical role in the Mm -hmm. lymphatic system. You mentioned that, um, you know, glyphosate and other things can affect the pineal gland, which Mm -hmm. produces melatonin Mm -hmm. and melatonin Mm -hmm. makes you sleepy and helps you stay asleep. Mm -hmm. So not surprising. So many people are having trouble sleeping. I struggled with it for years. I just wrote a whole 30 page, uh, you know, epic on it, on all the different things that can affect sleep. And Mm -hmm. It's just mm-hmm. a big, big problem. So let's talk about uh, mm-hmm. how sleep plays a critical role in the lymphatic system. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, as a naturopath, we all know the founda- um, foundations of health are so important, right? And sleep being one of them. And I think once we learned more about the lymphatic system, that understanding was, uh, you know, it clarified tremendously that um, why sleep is so important. And sleep is important, again, because of that increased activity of the lymphatic system. We actually have very little activity of the lymphatic system when during our waking hours. So our brain is dependent on uh, sleep to actually detoxify. And so, um, you know, when we think about this, um, I, again, as I believe I was saying, um, the brain shrinks about 60% at night to make room for that exchange of fluid, nutrients, and waste. And so if you're missing, if you don't have restful sleep, you're missing this whole opportunity. And that's when things build up. And when things build up, there can um, be neuronal damage. There can be, again, more chances of having symptoms, uh, neurodegeneration. And so um, sleep hygiene is very important. Um, and again, you probably talk a lot about the underlying causes of why people People have poor sleep. Again, just you know, knowing some of the things we just talked about, melatonin um, is really important. And with a lot of our um, artificial light, um, the light that we're getting from the computers, you know, we have all of these disruptions to our pineal gland. We have aluminum and glyphosate. We have EMF. We have the screens. Um, we have, um, you know, we're not probably honoring our sleep-wake cycle as much as we can with, you know, being able to stay up past dark. And so um, we're missing all these opportunities to have our pineal gland. And produce um, melatonin. And um, one thing that you know we we've touched on a little bit is not only melatonin helps us sleep, and so our lymphatic system has the opportunity to actually work. But melatonin, in and of itself, actually is a potent detoxifier um, of the brain. So melatonin. Um, can detoxify the brain and it's a powerful antioxidant. Um, if you look in PubMed, there are um, studies that show that melatonin can not only um, detoxify the brain from viruses, but also heavy metals such as lead and cadmium and potentially mercury. Um, as you probably have shared with um, your audience too, um, all melatonin isn't created equal. And so um, if you've experienced melatonin and maybe haven't had a positive effect, there are um, other forms to try. And we really like a form 
form of melatonin called liposomal melatonin. And um, anything that's liposomal is um, prepared in phosphatidylcholine typically. And so it can penetrate and be absorbed through fat. Our cell membranes and our brain are made of um, phosphatidylcholine. Our nervous system is highly, um, you know, made up of phosphatidylcholine. So if you prepare melatonin with phosphatidylcholine, it has more of a chance of being absorbed and getting into the tissues that we actually want it to work on. So, And so, so what is the difference between, say, a pill melatonin, which most mm-hmm. people probably take or have tried, mm-hmm. liquid mm-hmm. melatonin, which is taken sublingually, mm-hmm. and then liposomal melatonin? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And, you know, all sorts of companies claim all sorts of different things, right? And what they um, may or may not add to uh, the melatonin. Capsules are going to be most likely the harder to digest because they're going to have to go through the digestive tract, be um, processed through the, you know, the liver. Um, and so your absorption, you know, it's all about, you can have the right medicine, but getting it absorbed and into the right tissue is the art of medicine, right? And so a pill, if you already have an inflamed or compromised, GI tract, um, you're gonna you're gonna absorb that potentially less. Liquid, you're gonna have a little bit more absorption. You don't have to, um, you know, uh, digest a capsule. Some of it might get absorbed in the mouth, so that can be a little bit more um, digestible or effective. But I have seen. I mean, I've been working with melatonin for seven years, I guess, since I've been out of school, and I've seen people have the strongest response to liposomal, again, because of the fast absorption that you can just hold it underneath the tongue, and then it's um, absorbed very quickly and then directly into the tissues we want it to go. Nice, nice. Yeah, and uh, I'm definitely going to be trying some liposomal melatonin. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. The caveat, you know, something to think about, you know, one of the things that we've seen clinically is that um, some people get that hangover effect, right, of like, okay, they take melatonin and they feel groggy in the morning. And what Dr. Klinghart theorized and what we've been seeing work clinically is that is not groggy from the melatonin. That is actually a grogginess from your brain detoxifying. And so, um, again, you need to work with a healthcare practitioner and a provider to um, pick appropriate agents. But um, with some people who it's appropriate, we'll pair liposomal melatonin plus DMSA, which is a um, chelator. So we, um, for some people, it's very safe. But again, you have to work with someone who knows how to use this safely. But DMSA helps primarily with lead and mercury. Um, so as that's pushed out of the brain, and then you have an effective detox agent on board at night to capture the fallout, people actually feel less groggy. So I've seen that. And so it's not, so if you feel groggy, maybe if you're not, um, if DMSA is not appropriate, maybe, um, we use a lot of binders. So, um, algaes or charcoals or pectins or, you know, things that can, um, you know, catch some of the fallout, try that before giving up on it. So. Yes. Very, very interesting. Very, I love these distinctions that we get here on the, the podcast. <laughs> and yeah. so let's talk about, and more on supplements later, we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about supplements that help to improve the functioning of the glyphatic system. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk about that now. So what are some of the strategies to improve the functioning mm-hmm. of the glymphatic system? So you mentioned liposomal melatonin. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that help to drain your brain lymph? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, I'm happy to mention a few supplements. And one thing I just want to also just take a step back and share with our listeners some of the other things to think about when they're evaluating their health. Again, we are seeing patients who've tried a lot of things. And so we're thinking about 
uh, we're thinking outside the box and maybe what hasn't been looked at. Um, and so, so um, very common on our workup, we'll look at the teeth, um, we'll look at the tonsils, and then um, actually the veins in the neck or something called DVAM. And that actually all impacts the lymphatic system. And so um, in the mouth, you know, we want to advocate for a metal-free mouth, so no mercury, no mixed metal, um, root canals are often very harmful for people. There also can be things called um, wisdom tooth cavitations, which are infections in the jawbone. So we just take that as part of our history and make appropriate recommendations with a very skilled and biological dentist, if appropriate. Because again, if we have, um, you know, um, if our teeth are um, have infection or um, toxicity, that's going to actually help, or that's going to affect um, the lymphatic system downstream. That will affect the brain. Um, um, some of your patients or some of your audience may know that, you know, the teeth actually develop from the same embryological tissue as our brain. Um, and so there's a, a nervous system connection with our, our teeth. And I don't know if um, you've seen that acupuncture chart, um, the meridian chart with our teeth. And so every tooth has an acupuncture connection. And so um, let's say somebody has a chronic kidney bladder issue, um, you know, not that this is the cause, but it can be contributing or can be something that is preventing that system to get well. They might have a root canal or, um, you know, heavy metal on tooth seven or eight, you know, so there are those connections that we see in the body. So we want to clean the mouth up. And then the, um, another thing that we always ask our patients, um, even before we knew about the lymphatic system was the health of the tonsils and the tonsils are, um, Dr. Klinghart lovingly calls them the toilet of the brain. <laughs> and so when you think about, <laughs> I know, I know. So when you, when you think about the tonsils, um, there's not only the palatine, tonsils, but we have something called Waldeyer's ring, which are five um, different tissues. So we have the tonsils, the adenoids, the tubal tonsils that are at the end of the eustachian tube, the lingual tonsil underneath the tongue, and then the pharyngeal tonsil around the larynx. So that whole ring of lymphatic tissue is very, very important because um, essentially the lymphatic system, it's all kind of hydraulics, right? If a tissue is congested downstream, that's also going to prevent um, flow, you know, the yes. flow what's upstream. And so... So um, oftentimes we'll ask people if they've had a you know chronic strep, mercury can drain into the tonsils. Um, if you've had amalgam, so we want to get that you know potentially toxic and chronically infected uh, tissue um, healthy, and, and that, that can be challenging. But there's lots of tools to do that. But that if, if someone's again not getting better, or if they've been um, you know their um, healing has plateaued, you know we look there. And then one other thing to think about is um, it's a newer concept, but we find that an out of chronic Lyme disease or any infections in what we call the lining of the blood vessels or the endothelium can affect um, and maybe make changes in the veins in the neck. So there's something called transvascular autonomic modulation or TVAM. And what that has to do with um, how our essentially blood is not getting out of our brain as well as it could be. So if you have uh, what we call stenotic or malformed um, veins um, out of, coming out of your um, brain. Again, think of hydraulics and pressure will build up. And remember, I shared how the lymphatic system moves for, alongside the arteries and then drains alongside the veins. So if you have congestion in this tissue or in the in the veins in the neck, um, that can affect all the veins um, in the neck end up in you know in the brain upstream. 
And that can impair the movement. It won't move or flow as well. And so opening up the lymphatic system can be helpful. But again, uh, for some people, there's actually a doctor in Newport Beach, Dr. Arada. He um, really um, specializes in this T-band procedure. And what that will be, that's a balloon technique where they go in and they gently stretch the veins open. Um, he believes that not only helps to, that may or may not last the opening, but he's um, you're also stretching the autonomic fibers. So it has a, um, a resetting effect on the autonomic nervous system. So people who have some autonomic dysfunction that can help. So, um, you know, but we would always first clean up the teeth, the tonsils, and then if that's appropriate, TVAM. Um, it's not always, you know, just because the anatomy is, um, you know, has changed, you don't always need the procedure. But I think it gives, um, you know, your audience a good visual of kind of a, what are the things to think about to help the um, lymph drain better um, out of the brain. And so, you know, as far as supplements, though, or some strategies people can do at home, liposomal melatonin can be very helpful. Again, we use anything that you can do to, again, improve your tonsil health and then help um, drainage, you know, in the neck. I love essential oils, you know, different essential oils or different blends um, for the neck. We use a couple different creams, um, you know, as well. So, again, applying, um, you know, drainage. There's also um, something called self-lymphatic drainage massage um, where you can actually just manipulate the tissues in the neck um, to, again, um, help wherever there's congestion, again, to help. Um, our thoracic duct is on our left side, and that helps drain our lymph. And then... There's another technique called cranial compressions. I think we still have a website uh, or um, that video on our website, but Dr. Klinghardt actually teaches how to manually compress the cranium. And it's great to do before bed, but that is going to help to um, improve the flow of lymph. Um, and then craniosacral therapy, um, other hands-on techniques. I read a paper actually that sleeping on your side at night, actually they've shown that you have better activity of rather than sleeping on your tummy or on your back, that sleeping on your side actually improves um, the flow of the lymphatic system. So that's what's on the top of my head, I guess. <laughs> Great. That's what I do. I have to sleep on my side. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know you, you knew you, you were following your intuition. You yes, know? absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to drain my brain. Absolutely. <laughs> and so you also mentioned ultrasound as, mm -hmm. as our, uh, when we've talked before uh, as a way yeah. to improve functioning of the lymphatic system. Tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. One of our friends, Dr. Ruggiero, um, he and um, Dr. Bradstreet, who passed away, they um, have really pioneered a lot of work with autism. And so Dr. Ruggiero is a radiologist, so he's an expert in the use of ultrasound. And they were first using this diagnostically to look at, um, they found that the brains of autistic children had more fluid and space um, between the, the neurons, and that was a sign of inflammation. And so again, you know, they were onto this idea of kind of congested lymph in the brain. Um, and so what Dr. Ruggiero, um, he has pioneered, um, as well as Dr. Bradstreet, um, they collaborated in this, is knowing how ultrasound worked. Ultrasound is sound wave, it's mechanical wave, and they theorized how can we use this as a therapy? And so we use this at Sophia. We use an ultrasound, and we actually, well, there are two openings um, into the brain um, around the temples and then around the occiput, that ridge. And we'll put ultrasound here and then along the neck, and that can gently 
um, stimulate the flow of lymph from those tissues. So it's a really simple, fast, easy, gentle technique. Um, but that's been something we've been um, using for about a year with um, really great results. Um, people in your audience, um, if you can find a really good lymphatic drainage practitioner, they're doing, they're not accessing the brain as deeply but you know again they have a lot of techniques of um to open up the lymph in the anterior and posterior neck and that can help you know again with the the brain drainage but ultrasound it's been um you know it's been a really um fascinating application you know um i've always only learned of using ultrasound primarily as a diagnostic technique so we've been um pleasantly surprised with the results in the clinic with this Let's talk about some of the supplements that you can use to detox your body generally. I mean, uh, I know Dr. Klinghart loves chlorella. Um, mm -hmm. He uses uh, zeolites and other types of things. Um, mm -hmm. I like modified citrus pectin. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little about each of those and pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, we try to individualize as much as possible for our all of our patients. As you um, as you all know, everyone what works for someone may not work for another person, but we tend to use a couple different strategies. And all the things that you just mentioned are what we call binders. And binders are really important for a lot of different reasons, especially if we're also treating uh, infections in the body. We always want to pair that because we not only have the environmental toxins, but we have biotoxins that are produced by the um, pathogens. And so um, our body needs help um, to eliminate these things. And so Binders tend to act um, by binding to toxicity that's coming out of the gallbladder and the bile. Um, so they engage with the bile and the intestines and then carry them out through the stool. Um, I love chlorella. Um, I think chlorella, if people tolerate that and it doesn't make them constipated, um, it's really, really great because it's, um, again, you want to, the source for all of these things is very, very important. You want to, um, get things that are very high quality um, and not um, contaminated with, you know, the things that you're trying to detoxify from. But chlorella is wonderful because it is going to be um, full of fat-soluble vitamins. We all we kind of call it our multivitamin, you know, because it's really jam-packed with nutrition. But then it um, is very well documented. I, I know there's some people talking out there that it's not a true binder, but we have seen this for years be a great binder. And, um, you know, there are a lot of studies to show that it can bind mercury, um, lead, um, dioxins, uh, PCBs, other types of environmental chemicals as well. Um, and then we'll use zeolite. Zeolite is definitely, you want to be very um, picky about your supply um, and the type of, um, you know, zeolite that you're um, going to use. It's um, a, essentially a silica product. And we actually use a lot of something called enteros gel. Have you used that before, Wendy, enteros gel? You know, uh, I've, I've heard of it. I don't use it personally. I okay. just personally prefer BioSil because uh, mm -hmm. I think it's a because it's attached to a choline molecule. Mm -hmm. It specifically gets trivalent metals mm -hmm. like arsenic, aluminum, tin, thallium, and cesium. So I just mm -hmm. it uh, mm -hmm. works really well for that specifically. Yeah, we love BioSil, you know, as well for all of those reasons. Um, and you know, we're I guess the main you know we look at all the metals, but we really look at mercury, lead, and aluminum. Um, you know, as like the very uh, damaging you know metals. And you know, if you if you focus on those, typically the other metals come out too, right? And so, um, enteros gel is great because silica. Whenever you're trying to um, get aluminum out of the body, you want to use a silica um, product. Silica binds to aluminum and will let that um, exit. So zeolite does that as well. And then um, pectisol or pe uh, pe modified citrus pectin um, 
you know, I use, you know, there's really great studies on lead detoxification. Also, um, you know, um, people who have cancer, you know, that can be a, you know, a great tool as well. Um, I probably don't use as much, um, pectin, but I, I think it's a great product. You know, there are different types of charcoals and clays, um, as well, but you find, I find with our patients, they need at least two binders, you know, to rotate through. Um, and then on top of that, you can pair either um, different things that are going to help to mobilize or to chelate, you know, um, the metals out of the body. And so we're big fans of cilantro. Cilantro, a lot of, it's very well tolerated if you don't have that, um, you know, condition where it tastes soapy, you know, um, <laughs> the, the cilantro works well. Um, people tolerate it. It's gentle, but very effective. Um, we do use, we, we consider melatonin, again, a de- detox agent right now. Again, when appropriate and when medically guided, uh, DMSA. DMPS or EDTA can be um, helpful. But I, uh, you know, as a naturopath too, we're always looking at how to support the body's ability to eliminate, you know, so if you're looking at the organs of elimination and seeing where people are stuck, you know, we just want to make sure the colon's working properly, people are able to sweat, um, you know, there's the lymphatic system's working well, you know, the air we breathe, you know, all of these, you know, the kidneys, good filtered water, you know, sometimes the basics can be, you know, life changing for people. And then also making sure that the air people are breathing and the water they're drinking are not full of an exposure, right? Because number one, we want to limit exposure, and then we can help, um, you know, help detoxify the body more. So, so I hear you saying that you, at Dr. Klinghart's clinic, they use natural chelators and, mm-hmm. and binders, mm-hmm. but also the, the synthetic prescription-based chelators like mm-hmm. EDTA and uh, DMSA and DMPS. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about those mm-hmm. and um, some of the differences between mm-hmm. suppositories of those mm-hmm. products and oral consumption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's just start with the EDTA. So sure. the differences, pros and cons of suppositories, oral, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of oral EDTA supplements sold on the market versus mm-hmm. IV chelation of EDTA. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, we do use a lot of IV therapy in the office, but I, um, you know, I feel like that can be very, very helpful for getting people to a point. But again, as we know, detoxification doesn't happen overnight. It's a lifestyle. So I'm a big proponent of giving people tools at home, you know, that they can use. And so EDTA tends to be, um, you know, from my understanding and what I see clinically, it can be helpful, but it's a weaker, it's a weaker chelator. So it's going to um, be very good for lead and mercury, but it's going to be a little little bit more weakly bonded uh, to those things. And um, I love EDTA suppositories. I think people do very well with them. When you think about some of the you know, some of the um, conditions of the um, pelvic floor, so interstitial cystitis, any bladder irritation, any menstrual um, endometriosis, things that can be linked to a toxic exposure as well. I like suppositories because you get that local effect, um, you know, into not only the colon, but also into the lymphatics, into the circulation of the pelvic floor. Dr. Klingard always talks about the pelvic bowl is, you know, how it sits. You know, heavy metals are heavy. They're going to gravitate, you know, um, you know, towards those tissues in the body. So I feel um, suppositories are a great tool. They're really safe. They're really well absorbed. Um, I don't use a ton of oral EDTA. I know there's a product, um, I think you saw um, Chris's product, Chris Shade's products. Um, He has a liposomal EDTA that um, I've seen great results with. In um, the Lyme world, um, we also consider 
EDTA, um, another agent to help with biofilm, you know, so um, but it can also be known to help break up biofilm. So that can be another, you know, another um, plus for, for um, using EDTA. So yeah, and then so IV chelation of EDTA, mm-hmm. definitely necessary because I have some clients that come to me that mm-hmm. are just so cadmium toxic. Mm-hmm. And that is a class one carcinogen. It causes mm-hmm. more cancer than mercury, lead, and arsenic combined. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what gives people that smoke uh, mm-hmm. cancer. It's the cadmium mm-hmm. in the cigarette smoke. So mm-hmm. there is a place for IV chelation mm-hmm. because some people, they it's an emergency. They mm-hmm. need to bring these levels down and do it mm-hmm. very quickly. Even though, you know, generally I say you want to detox slowly and safely, there are some emergency situations, even if it's not an acute poisoning, you know, mm-hmm. they, people need to bring their levels down to reduce the risk of cancers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm grateful that we have um, IV therapy as a tool because I've seen people um, completely turn around and lives change because of using that intervention. And, you know, I, I kind of think in uh, naturopathic medicine, we have something called the therapeutic order. And it's essentially you meet you know, the condition or the the strength of the intervention with kind of the strength of the illness, if you think about it in that way. And a lot of these chemicals in our body are man-made. You know, they are because of man-made interventions and they need man-made or stronger agents sometimes to eliminate them. And so I see um, some people will need um, for a period of time some stronger chelation, maybe through IV or an injection, and then um, they can transition to more, you know, lifestyle and gentle um, you know, things to not only continue to decrease their burden, but to also mitigate their ongoing exposure. So as you, I completely agree, there's a time and a place for all medicine. I try to be very open-minded, you know. And do you generally recommend people do IV, like say IV EDTA, if they're really, really ill and very, very chronically fatigued? I'm assuming you do things to prepare their body for detoxification mm-hmm. rather than just bombing them mm-hmm. with a bunch of, you know, IV synthetic chelators. Absolutely, absolutely. And we um, do, you know, many different things to have a thorough assessment with patients. So we'll do um, different types of um, urine um, challenge tests. We do the oligo scan um, to look at heavy metals. We try to get a really snapshot of the body burden, even though um, no test is perfect, but it can give us, you know, um, a level of urgency, you know, depending on what people's levels are and what their clinical history is. And then, of course, you have to meet the patient where they're at. So if there's somebody who's already depleted, um, very weak, you know, I would not start there. We would help to build them up. And then, um, you know, we have, we always, always, always pair our IV um, protocols, our chelation protocols uh, with balancing minerals, um, doing, you know, good um, naturopathic strategies at home from castor oil packs, coffee enemas, dry skin brushing, and then binders. And so, again, as you're saying, you know, we, we definitely want to do this in a comprehensive way. And then for people who it's appropriate, we'll also do maybe vitamin C or glutathione or mineral um, mineral or nutrient IVs to help replete or support their body's ability to eliminate. So, um, you know, this is an art and there's also a very um, individual approach that you have to, um, you know, take because the last thing any of us want to do is to make our patient uh, sicker when they're coming to us to feel better. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes with detoxification, you, you are... Mm-hmm going to feel a little bit sick uh, yeah. sometimes or tired yeah. or crabby uh-huh. and it's just uh, you don't want to feel too bad yeah uh, you're just gonna feel a little we, bit a little bit bad we, 
we have a saying we have a saying in the office the only way out is the way through you know so things do have to exit the body but we try to mitigate that as much as possible the discomfort but you know uh, um we know what's typical and what's not so you know we try to support the body as much as possible there yes absolutely and so let's talk a a little bit more about dmsa Mm -hmm. suppositories versus oral versus Mm -hmm. chelation Mm-hmm. So DMSA, um, you know, again, this is a, a tool that can be used again for mercury and lead. Um, you know, primarily, I mean, it has other other um, mineral or metals that it chelates as well. The unfortunate thing about DMSA is that it used to be, even when I was out of school, I believe one popular product line was able to carry it, but because of the, you know, um, FDA right now, it, there used to be a medical um, drug that was DMSA and then also a supplement. And right now we're only able to get it compounded. And so we get it compounded through oral or suppository. I most like, I most often um, use it um, orally. Dr. Pizzorno, one of our mentors in the ND school, in ND school, he's one of the founders of Bastier. Yeah. He's a big, he's a big proponent of DMSA too. So he, I'm just sharing a resource that people want to use, um, um, use that as a reference. But it's, um, it's very safe. But you do have to definitely watch minerals with, you know, with um, using DMSA, um, magnesium, zinc, um, these types of things. Um, and then um, I don't know if you, what your experience is, um, oral versus suppository. DMSA in the U.S., we don't have an injectable DMSA. Um, You know, we only use, you know, oral or, you know, whatever. You can compound, you know, things into anything, um, essentially um, topical, you know, um, oral or suppository. But um, primarily our protocols right now using DMSA are that combination of melatonin plus DMSA. I've seen that work very well. What we um, also see in the office, and one of the things that Dr. Klinghart has seen clinically over the years is that some people who have a high fungal load in their gut will get very aggravated by DMSA. So there's that synergy effect where a terrain that's high in mercury and heavy metals will be more apt to grow uh, candida and fungus for lots of different reasons. And so while you're you know, chelating um, mercury out of the system, you can aggravate yeast. And so if you don't have a, a good antifungal strategy, that can uh, flare you. So if someone has ever experienced a DMSA discomfort or intestinal flare, that, that could be a reason just to FYI. And let's talk a little bit about DMPS, maybe not mm-hmm. as uh, popular as uh, mm-hmm. DMSA or EDTA, but let's just talk a little about that and its benefits and pros and cons. Yeah. DMPS is something, um, you know, that Dr. Klinghart knows very well. You know, it was developed in Russia and then uh, brought over to the um, U.S. There's a lot of, if you Google it, there's lots of controversy around it. I've seen it do miracles for people. But again, we, you know, have some different techniques in the office that we use to make it very, very safe and you know, strategic, but it's, it's one of the strong, it's definitely stronger. It's going to be stronger than DMSA and EDTA, um, really strong affinity for not only mercury, um, but lead. We see also an, um, you know, a decrease in biotoxins too with DMPS. Again, as we're um, getting metals out of biofilm and, you know, detoxing people, um, we we do see people have a positive result. Um, So I've learned to trust and use DMPS appropriately, but um, you can use that as an injection, an IV or um, oral capsule or suppository. But I I do air that with caution. Um, 
yeah, want to be very mindful of the kidneys. Um, there is an uh, effect of uh, mercury being released out of the kidneys with DMPS, and you don't ever want to use it if the kidneys are compromised or if you don't have enough um, support. But if it's done mindfully, it can be a game changer for people. Fantastic. And lead is a huge, huge problem because mm -hmm. uh, when you do like hair mineral analysis, for instance, mm -hmm. very rarely do you see lead. But mm -hmm. everyone has lead <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. because of all of the, the leaded gasoline we were all breathing in for mm -hmm. decades. And then all mm -hmm. of that auto exhaust mm -hmm. um, is, you know, on getting into our soils, you know, gets into the mm -hmm. air and then settles on the soils. And it persists mm -hmm. for 500 to 1,000 years in our mm -hmm. environment. Forget the lead paint and everything. And even in developing countries, they still mm -hmm. are using the leaded gasoline. So it's mm -hmm. just ever present in our environment and our body stores it in our bones. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah. So talk a little about lead. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, and there are um, different types of testing that you can do, but anybody who walks into my office, I just assume that they have heavy metals. You know, the, usually the people who are chronically ill have impaired detoxification because of genetic susceptibilities and other stresses in the body. Um, and hair, urine, stool, oligoskin, all of that can give us a snapshot. But as you're as you're sharing too, if you're in a depleted system, you're not going to be excreting these heavy metals, and so. One of the things with lead is that it has a similar charge to calcium. And so if you are calcium deficient or mineral deficient, the body's going to put the lead into the bone. And one of the things that we see with menopausal women is something called reverse toxicity. And so as women age, um, our estrogen levels go down and that can have an effect on um, our, our bone health. And we can um, have osteopenia, osteoporosis. And while we're breaking down our bone, we're releasing lead in our body. And that can be a very... Um, subtle but very detrimental you know symptom and so we you know we work with women who have bone loss and you know um you know, we want to, of course, you know, stop the bone loss, replete them with minerals, but also to help get the lead um, that's being mobilized out of their body. Um, but I completely agree. I know that different metals get different, you know, um, publicity, you know, over time, and we forget about, you know, oh, the lead of gasoline, that's long over, but these things persist in our environment for years. And then we have this whole, um, you know, we, we typically come into this world from our maternal exposure, you know, to um, heavy metals. So we all kind of start you know, um, you know, start off with an exposure to heavy metals that are in our environment, and then we bioaccumulate them over time. And if we're not mindful of detoxification, um, that's really what leads to chronic illness, right? If we're not um, trying to, you know, um, get get the water out of the bucket, you know, I have that analogy, the bucket analogy or the drain analogy, things um, overflow. And that's where we see, you know, well, that's when by the time that happens, people are in our office. So so I have my theories about this, but what do you think, like when someone's coming into your office, mm -hmm. what are the metals you know everybody has? Like I know there are ah. some metals, like almost everyone has these because they're just in our environment, food, air, food, mm -hmm. water. Um, aluminum, lead, and mercury. Um, and then I do see a lot of cadmium um, and no, with non-smokers too. So, you know, there there are these environmental exposures to cadmium. And then as we were talking before we began, I see a lot of my Southern California patients um, with uh, uranium. Um, and so, but the, the top three and the top three that we know just because of you know, research, you know, um, aluminum, lead and mercury. And then, you know, my whole idea is if we can target the 
those, we know that we'll get the rest of them out, you know, and so, um, of course, some need uh, some other strategies. But, you know, if we can identify and target those, we're typically decreasing the body burden of heavy metals. And doesn't the body detox in a certain way? Everyone's a little bit different depending on their mm-hmm. genetic propensity to detox, their energy mm-hmm. levels, and their nutritional status. Mm-hmm. But do you find, and Dr. Uh, Dr. Klinghart has certain theories about mm-hmm. the order of metals in which our body detoxes. And I know, you know, you have to detox arsenic before you can detox mercury because mm-hmm. arsenic will poison enzymes that help to remove mercury from the body. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little about the order in which we detox metals? Yeah, you know, I um, I feel kind of how I think about it, Wendy, is that I see it from a tissue perspective, you know, um, in the sense that I feel um, some of my patients will you know, essentially, I agree with you, there's certain metals that should come out in certain orders, mercury tends to be the deepest and the most deeply seated one. But kind of what I see, um, again, that's why the testing can sometimes be misleading. And why I always, you know, just assume that heavy metals are part of a patient's, um, you know, we, we need to have some strategy for them. And so what I see with patients is as we get them more mineral replete, or as we help support their body, their body's going to let go of metals and waves, you know, and so um, you could catch that wave with a heavy metal test or a urine challenge test, um, you know, but in some patients get discouraged, right? So they're going to say, oh my gosh, I thought we got this lead out of me and uh, why is it off the charts now? And it's like, no, this is good. Your body, you know, we're, we got this, you know, wave. And so um, we, I, I kind of think about it in that way is how do we support the body, give it the right um, nutrients, minerals, the right detox agents, support all of our organs of elimination, Actually, our emotional health has a lot to do with this as well. And then how can we, you know, um, essentially, um, you know, help get these, you know, out of the body. And we'll, we'll start, you know, the, the nervous system, right, and the brain, what we're talking about, that's our deepest, you know, one of our deepest, most protected, you know, systems. So the getting, we want to, how Dr. Klinger talks about it is like, how can we, okay, let's get the um, metals out of the intestinal tract, right? And then, um, then there's this grading effect as we get metals out of certain tissues and other tissues will release. And so I kind of think about it um, as, you know, getting the, you know, the um, intestinal tract, the liver, the gallbladder. And then once we get most of the body up from here to there, <laughs> you know, the brain has a better chance to detoxify. So I know that's not directly answering your question, but that's kind of like when I'm thinking of a patient clinically, I'm thinking of, um, okay, how do we like start you know, you know, where, what tissues do we tackle first and know that that really educating people, this is a process. This is not like, okay, you take 20 days of chlorella and you're done with your mercury load. This is going to be a a process that takes time. So. Yeah, no, I love that answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're just a wealth of information. uh, And I could definitely keep talking forever. We're going to have to come have you come on again, because you're just absolutely a wealth of information. Thank you, Wendy. And I have an answer or a question I like to ask all of my guests. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today? Wow, that's a big one. Um, well, you know, I I feel this is a, a big question, but uh, I'll answer it in this way. I am, um, you know, I deal, you know, I, I love my job. I am very, very passionate about my work. I love my patients. And I see so many great people being so sick. And I'm, you know, I just rack my brain. Why are people so sick these days? And I, I truly feel, um, you know, the work that you're doing is really, really important because I believe um, the illnesses that we're seeing um, are reflecting more essentially a microcosm of the macrocosm um, of our environment. And I think that, you know, as unfortunately we 
um, have decided to continue to poison the planet, we're seeing the downstream effects in our body. And so, you know, I guess where I'm most concerned, of course, you know, I see a lot of people who are, you know, maybe in their 30s, 40s, have a stressful event, you know, they were holding it together, things, you know, um, then they get ill. But where where I am very concerned is um, where I see the fertility rate, infertility rates increase and the increase in um, autism. I'm very um, concerned about how um, what we've done to the environment is affecting um, our future, you know, and so I, um, I don't have children um, myself yet. I, I would love to have them one day, but I feel very, you know, I think it's really, really important, the work that you're doing to educate people about vaccines and, you know, how to prepare and have a healthy pregnancy and have, make really informed choices for our children. I, I think that's our future. And I, I feel a great sadness um, to, to all the children that have been affected by what we know that they've been affected by. And, you know, I, I feel the more that we can educate consumers essentially on how to make better choices that will have an impact on, you know, um, the health of our future and our planet. But I, I, I see this as a very global issue. And I, I feel that the work that we do and that um, the, the work that we do in the office that as we heal each patient, we're, you know, having a ripple effect on how can we you know, add more healing to, to the planet. So. Yeah. yeah. I love that answer. And I a hundred percent agree with you. And it's just, it's so, so important. So I wake up every day, so passionate Mm -hmm. to get this message out and Mm -hmm. educate people about the fact they have to have detox as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. This is not just a, you know, a program Mm -hmm. you do for a year or two. It's Mm -hmm. a continued effort. And mm-hmm. it's something you need to add, add to your health regimen, just mm-hmm. like your diet and your daily mm-hmm. walk and everything else that you're doing. So Absolutely. Dr. Schaefer, thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell mm-hmm. us where we can find you and anything else you want us to know about you. Well, thank you, Wendy. This was so fun. And, you know, you guys can find me on SophiaHI.com. That is the uh, the clinic that we work at, Sophia Health Institute. Um, I also have a website, Dr. Schaffner. Um, it's drchristineschaffner.com. Um, and then I've been playing around with Instagram and Facebook. And so I have um, an Instagram at uh, Dr. Schaffner. And then um, you can find me at Dr. Christine Schaffner as well. But yeah, I, I'm really passionate about this work. And um, I just applaud you and everything that you're doing, Wendy. Oh, well, thank you so much. And listeners, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to live2110.com. You can also check out my healing and detox program at mineralpower.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.